We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. on Road of His Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. We were recording this on Thursday morning, one week away from the NFL season, two podcasts away from the NFL season. Everyone knows the last podcast of the offseason for us is the Bold Predictions episode. So today, we're going to go division by division, storyline by storyline, talk about the biggest storylines for each division heading into the 2023 NFL season. We are one week away from NFL kickoff. We are... Very, very soon away from Nathan never sleeping again. How are you? How much are you excited about those things, Dan? I'm I'm excited to just watch the 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 physical beatdown of Nathan occur <laughs> after living through this three times. Uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward for that. That I don't want that smile to be wiped off your face, but you you need to feel a little bit of pain here. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so seasons here, I mean, it's, it's been, it feels like it hasn't been a really long summer for some reason, but, uh, maybe cause we've recorded like a podcast and a half. Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's what made the summer fly by. So yeah, I, I love, I love this time of year. We get ready for the season. We, you know, you, you're putting those final touches on your roster before, before the first kickoff. And, um, it, it's nice to kind of just get one good recap in before we make a bunch of really bad calls. Yeah, and, and the, these these predictions, these uh, thoughts are also going to be bad calls. So, you know, we, we don't have a guaranteed accuracy prediction on this podcast. In fact, it's probably a guaranteed inaccuracy prediction. But we try our best. We give you the news. We give you the notes. And we give you what's going to happen next. We try. Um, so today we're going to start off with the NFC South. So, Dan, we have the Buccaneers, the Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers. Which one of these teams, which one of these storylines do you think is the most intriguing for this season? Well, I think as far as just fantasy in general, but definitely dynasty, the, the I think the one I'm most intrigued by is going to be Atlanta. And whether or not Desmond Ritter is competent, obviously, you know, it'd be, be second year under the belt. They've added weapons. 
you know, I think all of the Kyle Pitts truthers are are, you know, just absolutely clenched fists right now. We're just hoping and praying something happens here. I think whether or not Ritter is competent uh, is irrelevant for Bijan, but it obviously helps when you have a quarterback as a running back. Uh, hopefully we see that, you know, that wide receiver room continue to get better, obviously with Drake London, uh, but there's still a, a little bit left there to be desired as well. So it, it's starting to get fun, but do we actually think Desmond Ritter is for real? I, I know we saw a little bit of, of some strides being made towards the end of the year, um, but he was pretty bad overall. I, I mean, just physically throwing it is it seems to be a problem. I, I I like the athleticism. I think he can bring a lot to the table there. I just worry about consistency through the air for Atlanta. Yeah, the only one of the silver linings for Ritter's 2023 season was that the Falcons offense, Mariota, Ritter, no matter who was under center, was an absolute mess, partially and probably mostly due to the fact that Drake London and Kyle Pitts did not stay healthy throughout the year. If we have a fully healthy Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and then we add Bijan Robinson to the mix, like those are three legitimate weapons that you have in an offense that can help, you know, a quarterback become competent and help an offense become, you know, at least, you know, close to league average. So I do think that the the success of, of Bijan doesn't really matter for, I mean, the success of Ritter doesn't really have much to do with Bijan. He's going to, you know, be an RB one, top eight, top seven rookie. Uh, I mean, NFL RB uh, slash uh, fantasy RB and then dynasty, you know, he's RB one or two, depending on who you talk to. Um, but I do think that the success or the, even the ceiling of London and Pitts is very much dependent on the success of Ritter. I think that Pitts like re- reasonably assuming health, his floor is like tight end, like 10 to 11 ish. Uh, regardless of what happens with Ritter. And if Ritter is a, a good to even very good NFL quarterback, Pitts' ceiling is tied in one overall. Um, and Drake London, similar scenario. I think that his floor is probably pretty safe with Ritter, you know, m- maybe being like a wide receiver three. And then if Ritter proves to be competent, you're looking at a much higher upside with London of being, you know, maybe a, a high-end wide receiver too. So um, I, I was a Ritter fan entering the NFL. He didn't show a lot, but he also didn't have a lot. Uh, in terms of opportunity or in terms of weapons in his, his those first four games. So um, definitely a lot to think about with Desmond Ritter. Uh, and the, I think that he, he himself, like I said, I, I may not actually think that the range of outcomes is high for Bijan, uh, London, and uh, Pitts, but I do think the range of outcomes for Ritter is pretty high of, you know, like basically benched to like legitimate like fantasy QB2. Yeah, I I think you have more faith probably in Ritter than I do at this stage, uh, especially in when we consider you know Kyle Pitts. Yeah, you know, I know it's not difficult to get high up in the tight end ranks, but seven and a half points per game isn't going to do it. Uh, I I know obviously not being healthy, missing time that doesn't help, but if he wants to be up in that category, I mean he's getting outscored handily by someone like Greg Dulcich, who I also don't think is very good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think London is going to be okay. I think Bijan will be good. If not great, I'm still struggling with the pits thing because it very much seems that he is reliant on his quarterback where some of these other guys 
they they just they don't doesn't matter where they go they get the ball in their hands it's it's different i mean even even like hayden hurst is is running laps and we i i don't i don't know i don't love that for pitts's future again i get he's been injured and the offense has been in shambles but there has been nothing consistent about his game yet yeah no i mean there's definitely a low 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 floor for for ritter and you're definitely accounting for that in your valuation of him and that falcons offense all right next we'll go to the nfc west I'll actually just rattle them off and then you can pick which one we're going to talk about so we have Rams, anything left in the Stafford tank, uh, Seahawks, how much do the rookies impact the veterans? Niners is, is pretty good or Cardinals does, when does Kyler play, if at all, which one of these do you think is the most impactful for dynasty right now? Well, for, I'll start with Stafford probably has something left in the tank, but that's not what I want to talk about. Um, I do think Purdy is fine. So we'll go 49ers. I don't know if good is the right term. I think he is a good game manager. I think this can very much be a a resurrection of the Alex Smith years. Uh, But I I think maybe Purdy with these weapons in this offense is going to provide more than what Alex Smith did for that offense in that time. Again, in elite defense, these two are very comparable. I, I think because of the weapons... Purdy has a chance to post good numbers, but not necessarily be the reason for it. I, I think Debo, I think Ayuk, I think McCaffrey, Kittle, these guys are going to be putting up numbers, but they're going to be doing it because they're all great. Whereas Purdy just has to get them the ball and, and that's it. So I think you have to split Purdy into the two categories, real life football, fantasy football. I think he's going to be fine for regular football managing games and i think he's going to be good for fantasy football not great but good with purdy i think you have to look at his nfl and fantasy ceiling which i think are two different things i think that his nfl ceiling is actually higher than his fantasy ceiling because of the weapons around him even if brock purdy is like the qb like seven in fantasy i think that people are still be like okay that's all a yuck that's all um debo that's all shanahan like no one's actually if brock purdy finishes as the qb7 no one's actually to give him credit for finishing finishing as the qb7 so if you if you're an, an active trader i think that and you're not in a good spot having purdy on your team because i think the ceiling is only so high from a market value perspective if you're a guy who's like okay i'm just looking to get the, the most points out of my team i think purdy's a good target for you a guy you should have on your, on your team because you're not relying on, okay, his his market value is going to go this way or that way. You're just like, I just want the points as they're coming. Because I don't think the market value is ever going to go up, but I do think the points are going to go up. Yeah, I think that's a, I, I think that's a fair, fair assessment. I, we'll just kind of see if he takes that next step. I, I think obviously his floor increases in both categories. And I think his ceiling increases in both categories. But I think most people are just going to expect him to be the same guy. I, I don't I I don't think anyone's accounting for the possibility that he could get better. I think they're just expecting him to come in, manage games, you know, throw for two hundred yards and two touchdowns every single time and with with no upside. And I think there is a good amount of upside. He's a young quarterback. He still only played a few games last year, uh, in a in a weird situation. That situation has been made very much clear. 49ers get rid of Lance, they move him to Dallas for a fourth. Sam Darnold is locked in as the backup quarterback. That has been made very clear. Kyle Shanahan has said from the beginning, when Brock is healthy, he will be the starter. That All of that can provide so much extra confidence and such a boost for especially these young players, young quarterbacks. Um, 
and they've made all of these moves to do that for Brock. So I think if there was ever a time we see that big step, I think if there was ever a time we see him actually look good rather than just game managery, it's going to be early and often this year, I think, assuming health. Yeah, I, I think that his like fantasy floor is actually pretty high due to the weapons around him, mm-hmm. due to Christian McCaffrey. Um, I do not. I in terms of Purdy, I do think that the long term floor is pretty low because yes, like he's going to be effective with the weapons around him, but if he's like you know, just barely getting the Niners to the playoffs. If if he's not getting to them to the NFC Championship game, like, th- this is the team that, you know, had Jimmy Garoppolo and traded three first-round picks for Trey Lance. Like, they're not going to shy away from investing highly at a quarterback if they need to trade up again if Purdy is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo or lower level. I think he's a step above Jimmy Garoppolo, but... Uh, no, I, but I, I'm, I'm saying if that occurs, if he becomes that oh, level... Sure of a quarterback, they're not going to hesitate to try and invest quarterback elsewhere. And there's also, of course, the ever-present rumors of Kirk Cousins to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, well, that would clear the way for Dak to fight them to Minnesota. So, <laughs> since Dallas has their quarterback of the future. Oh, yeah. All right, let's go on to the NFC East. Speaking of Dallas, we have Ken Polder. Ken Polder. Ken Pollard sh- shoulder the RB workload. Uh, is is Swift an NFL RB1, second contract with the Eagles, question mark. Commander, Sam Howell, day three QB or QB of the future. And Giants, wide receiver, whack-a-mole. Which one of these intrigues you the most? Well, I can tell you what we're not going to talk about, and that's the New York Giants, because dear Lord. Uh, this one, I, it's it almost, it's like, it feels like an appetizer sampler. I, 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 the Cowboys, can Pollard be a, a, a can, he, can Pollard be an RB1? Yes. Can he have an RB1 workload? No. He needs to have 12 to 15 Deuce Vaughn needs the rest of it. That That is when he's at his best. I know we all want 25 carries and 10 targets, guys, but it's not going to happen. He'll get murdered. Uh, Eagles, Swift, I'm sorry. He isn't an RB1, not in the NFL, not in fantasy. That team starts and stops with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, you have two great wide receivers and A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. They need to get the ball in their hands as much as humanly possible. You also have Dallas Goddard you know, a top, a locked top 10 tight end. And Swift isn't the only running back in that backfield. You still have Gainwell, you have Rashad Penny. Uh, It's, it's going to be uh, an absolute gong show. So that, that one for me is probably the most frustrating out of, out of everything in the NFC East. And I think, and I know it's been like all quarterback all the time, but Man, I, I think Sam Howell is going to be, I, I don't want to say long-term starter, but I would give him the next two to three as as the commander's uh, top option because they're going to be too good to have an early pick to lock in one of these you know top quarterbacks. And I, I don't think they want to keep going through, hey, let's just keep drafting a day two or a day three quarterback and see what happens. I think Sam Howell proved it in college. It kind of fell off a little bit. Things changed. But I mean, this this is their best option right now, and I think he's going to come out and prove that he can play in the NFL. And in, realistically, he's probably on par with someone like Brock Purdy. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think that Purdy's NFL floor is probably a bit higher at this stage, just from what he's he showed in his first year. Mm-hmm. But I think that Sam Howell's ceiling 
is realistically, maybe not with the weapons, but realistically, from a talent perspective, Sam Howell's ceiling is higher. Sam Howell, was, was, even though he was a day three draft pick, he was a higher draft pick than, than Brock Purdy. So with Sam Howell, I'm still a big believer in his talent. I don't think he's just another day three QB. I think he is the QB of the future of the Commanders. I think that if he's not the QB of the future Commanders, it probably has more to do with the off the field of the Commanders. They have a new owner. Uh, they might have that owner decide, okay, like we need to go into full like tank mode to like really reset a franchise because teams are learning. Like if you don't have a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, like that level of quarterback, if you don't have the weapons and the defense around them, like you're just, you know, you're playing for purgatory. And I don't like as much as I love Sam Howell, there is no scenario where he's competing with the likes of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes anytime soon. So um, I, I, I say that while also saying, Brock Purdy made it to the NFC Championship game last last year, but still that the, the Niners uh, the Niners made it to the NFC Championship game last year. <laughs> yeah, the Niners had a much better infrastructure, both yeah, yeah. organizationally and roster wise, than the the Commanders do. So, um, but all that to say, um, I think Sam Howell is a, a very solid dynasty, like low end QB two with a high high ceiling can get into that QB one territory because he has the the rushing upside as well. Um, but still, day three quarterbacks of the floor, the low floor is there. Um, we'll finish off the NFC with the NFC North. Um, so we have Ken Alexander Madison shouldered the RB1 workload, Jordan Love question mark, can Justin Fields be elite? And how does the Lions backfield split question mark? Which one of these is sticking out to you, Daniel? Well, again, it's it's all quarterback all the time. And I, I texted you about it the other day. Justin Fields, can Justin Fields be elite? I still very much am in love with that man's game. I I think he has everything you could possibly want. And I mean, he's, he should be in a situation to succeed. I would love more weapons. I would love better weapons, but what he brings to the field, especially with his legs is game changing. Now I, I watched a few clips, uh, some preseason stuff, some practice stuff. I don't know who is the quarterback's coach in Chicago. I can't imagine it's anyone worth knowing because for some reason, Justin Fields throwing motion has gotten longer, which I didn't know was possible and worse. He's got a big gross loop and, and I know that the motion is everything, but it takes him nine minutes to get the ball out of his hand. And it looks terrible. It looks awkward. It didn't look like that in college. It didn't look like that as a rookie, even though he didn't have a lot of success throwing the football. I don't know what's going on, but I I am officially concerned because of whatever they're doing with Fields to try to get him to change what what did maybe wasn't working with his throwing motion or what wasn't working in the passing game. And that also isn't working. So... I still think he can be great. I don't think he'll ever be elite at this stage. But but you're saying elite NFL-wise, though, right? He, I think he can be great NFL-wise. I think he can be great fantasy-wise. Right, I if, don't if, think... If, if he is good to great NFL-wise, he's elite fantasy-wise. Like There's no separation there. The, I, I think the all of the upside is in his legs. I am thoroughly out on the passing game for Chicago. I I mean, he'll be, he's going to be 
Daniel Jones-esque from last year with more turnovers and less touchdowns, if you can believe that. He could genuinely be like a 10-touchdown, 15-interception, 15-fumble, but like 1,400 yards rushing and like 18 touchdowns. I I, I don't know. I, I have no faith in the passing at this point. Just Just based on watching the progression from college up until now, it's so different and bad that I didn't really know what I was looking at when I watched it. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I'm not like a, a tape, like test, watch the throwing motion type guy. Um, but for me, I'm I'm very much a believer in Justin Fields in, in the passing game with with uh, not Justin Fields with DJ Moore, and I, I I still have a decent amount of faith in Chase Claypool. Um, obviously, he was overvalued in Dynasty and the NFL last year. But I think at this point, people are forgetting that Chase Claypool exists, and he's a legitimate red zone weapon in that wire in that Bears offense. Um, and then Darnell Mooney is fine. Um, so between those three, and then you have Cole Komet, a, a solid tight end. Uh, Robert Tunyon is, you know, a decent weapon as well. Um, I like the Bears' weapons. I, you know, whether that the, I think the biggest concern for the Bears' weapons themselves is is the passing volume going to be there. But I I do think that DJ Moore is obviously better than anything that that the Bears had last year. DJ Moore is better than anything Daniel Jones had last year. So like, if you can have Daniel Jones last year, but with DJ Moore, I think that's a much higher upside, you know, potential. So I think that, you know, we've talked about range of outcomes a lot in this episode, but I think that fields obviously has one of the wider range of outcomes in the NFL from an NFL perspective. Uh, I think that his fantasy ceiling is, is QB one. I think his fantasy floor is probably like, you know, not injury disregarding like QB, like 15 to 20. Cause like, even if he does nothing with his arm, he's going to get to QB 15 with his legs. Well, yeah, I mean, points per game, he was, he was like quarterback seven. So, I, I mean, it's definitely there. I think maybe elite is in the the cards. Uh, well, especially because he was actually better points per game than than uh, Daniel Jones was last year. And uh, for some reason, everybody loves Daniel Jones. So, I, I think I think the potential for like an actual 1500 yard rushing season, which I know sounds crazy, but you guys got to remember he had 160 for 1140 last year and eight touchdowns. And that was only in 15 games played. So if you think they're going to change that when there was very clearly success and he's very clearly elite at that, you're out of your mind. If he doesn't, he, he might have, he genuinely might have 200 carries this year which is absurd, but he might. Uh, and I would love to see the passing volume be there just because when you only throw for 2,200 yards, but you you throw for 17 touchdowns, uh, which, you know, isn't amazing, but it was more than Daniel Jones. Uh, that, that can increase. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm concerned because the throwing motion even from last year to this year looks so different. Um that that is my genuine worry at this stage. So is he going to score a lot of fantasy points? Yes. Should we be worried? Maybe. Am I still going to buy and hold all of my Justin Fields? Yes. All right. Let's move on to the AFC. We'll start off with the AFC. Oh, wait, before we do that, let's talk about Roto Viz. 
season is upon us, which means you need your Rotovis Pass for your range of outcomes app, for your um, game summaries app, everything you need for Rotovis. You can get it with promo code RV Radio 2023. Gets you a 10% discount and supports both my child and Dan's children. Um, and, and our dogs. We have dogs as well. So there's lots of people def- uh, depending on us to feed them. And our large, large, large Rotoviz salary uh, pays a lot of that. And it's all, <laughs> all because of you guys. So um, RV Radio 2023 supports the podcast, supports our children, supports our dogs. And if you don't subscribe, then you hate dogs. So um, And children. Yep. So support the pod and get access to the tools. That's what you need. Well, let's get into the AFC with the AFC East now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Now, before we get into the latter half of the show, let's hear about our new friends over at GameTime. One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending live events. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person. It is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress in trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats. And that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets on their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and you Use the code RotoViz for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RotoViz for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's right. You can download the game time app, create an account, and use code RotoViz for $20 off your first purchase. All right. Patriots. They have one quarterback in their roster. Um, Bailey Zappi cut. Malik Cunningham cut, both put on the practice squad. Seems like some uh, Bill Belichick chicanery. Um, Dolphins, two of concussions. Uh, Bills, James Cook gets volume, question mark, question mark. Or what does the backfield look like if Brees is healthy with the Jets? I mean, we got to break the quarterback streak at some point, but how do you not talk about Tua? Uh, I, I mean, he was at, he was playing at, he was he was the MVP 
until until he got hurt. He was playing out of his GD mind, Nathan. You know it. I know it. Yeah, we all know it. Okay. If he stays healthy and he can keep that head in that helmet and away from the turf or from getting absolutely demolished by defensive linemen or linebackers or safeties, he could make that leap into the top tier. He can join the likes of of Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I don't think he gets to the Mahomes-Allen Hurts grouping, but I think he makes it to that very, very next tier. Uh, I, I mean, he's still young. He has all of the upside in the world based on, A, what we saw at Alabama, B, what we saw at the beginning of last year, and C, the weapons. When you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, it doesn't matter. You can literally throw it anywhere, and one of those two guys will get to it. Even if it wasn't met for them, they'll get to it. That is unfair, and Tua actually looked good pre-injury. And that was a... a I don't want to say it was a pleasant surprise, but it was nice getting that that you know confirmation that what we saw in college wasn't really fluky because as his career started, it didn't look like the same guy. But got healthy, found confidence, then got hurt again. So hopefully he can refind it and we can do what we, we can have a continuation of last year. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge year career-wise for Tua because he has to show he's healthy. And if he shows he's healthy, he's going to get that long-term extension from the Dolphins. If he gets that long-term extension from the Dolphins, that means he has, you know, three to four more years of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle together. And as long as you have those two wide receivers as your two wide receivers, like, you're good. Like, you're, like your, your fantasy floor is like QB 10. Um, so, you know, the biggest thing for Tua is staying healthy and getting that extension from a dynasty perspective. Um, yeah, I... I don't. I do not think. One thing I will say. I like you a lot, but I'm. I. I wonder. I, I haven't seen Tua traded a lot, so I could be wrong about this. But I think that a lot of Tua value right now is starting to not factor in the concussions. And I'm. I don't know. Like I don't. The stage we're at with 2023. I don't know how much the Tua thing or the concussion thing should factor into Tua's value. What are your thoughts on that? I've kind of changed up on this as someone, uh, especially as someone who has had far too many concussions. Um, Everybody's one concussion away from never playing again. Everyone is. It doesn't matter that two has had 73 of them. It didn't matter that DeAndre Hopkins had had 405. It didn't matter that Tyler Lockett's doctor told him that if he got one more, he'd die. All of that is... I think it's a little bit irrelevant. Am I worried that Tua is going to get hurt? Yes, because he has a history of it. It doesn't matter if it's just his head or everything else on his body. And yes, injuries are random. I get it. People aren't injury prone. It just happens. Tua's kind of got that bug. Am I worried about the concussions? No. Am I worried about him staying on the field? A little bit. With that being said, I'm I'm moving him up into almost that tier. He he is he's a mid QB one. And yes, I know that there's a lot of really good young talent right now. I know that these quarterbacks are impossible, uh, especially in the AFC. But I, I think based on con, you know consistency and and when he's on the field, he's producing. 
when he's healthy. Uh, when you have those weapons, it's hard not to put him there. I mean, you you got to have him in that Lamar Jackson, that Herbert, that that you have to have him in that group. I think uh, maybe maybe I'm overstepping. So, I don't. So know. I, th- so I think this is the this is part. I mean, obviously there's other outcomes part of this, but I think the answer to the like how worried are you about the Tua thing or the concussion thing is Tua or Bryce Young. Do you firmly have Tua above Bryce Young? Tua. Yeah, it's Tua for me. Yeah, I, I think that if you're worried about the concussions at all, you and and you're obviously a believer in Bryce Young, you firmly have Bryce above Tua. I think sure. that they're pretty close. I mean, maybe a shade toward Tua because he has the weapons. Um, but I think that if you're overly, if if you have Tua and you're overly worried about the concussions, look at a Bryce Young, look at a CJ Stroud as an option to like trade down and get something a little bit on top. If you're trying to get out of the concussion game, based on the fact that I don't think the concussions are currently being valued too much value into his value. But that could be wrong because if Tua is as good as he was, you know, the first half of the season, he should be in the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes tier. And therefore he's undervalued at the tier below that. Yeah. I think, I think the sweet spot for Tua as far as like an overall ranking is QB nine. Uh, you have him just behind either, you know, Herbert Jackson, Lawrence, maybe fields is right there. And just ahead of like, Anthony Richardson, Dak Prescott, Sean Watson, that that group. I don't think he's in that group. I think he's above those guys. Um, well, one, because he's only 25. And, you know, you have to leapfrog Dak, who's 30. You have to leapfrog Deshaun, who's 28 and looked bad. Anthony Richardson's a rookie. We don't know. Uh, Trevor has looked great. Herbert's looked great. Fields has, has produced but not looked very good. Uh, Lamar is Lamar, so you can't really put him up that high. I think I think the top that top four to five is essentially a lock, and then you can start slotting into a based on his health. I, I, that's just the way I look at it from from kind of a, a wider view. Is is he's not top five, but he's close. All right, let's move on to the AFC West. We have Quentin Johnston. Is he going to have a breakout rookie season or just a be an NFL wide receiver three? The Raiders are terrible. Chiefs wide receiver whack-a-mole or Russell bounce back. What do you got here? Well, we we always love to look at historical data to try to prove what's about to happen in the future. So I just want everybody to take kind of a a seat, sit back, and then just go ahead and look at all of Russell Wilson's stats prior to the last couple of years. Um, This man was MVP caliber for, I would say, two-thirds of his career. and yes, he he's starting to get a little bit older. He's 35 now, which is kind of the sweet spot for a lot of those quarterbacks. Made a transition from Seattle to Denver and struggled. Was bad. You bring in Sean Payton. You still have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. You bring in Marvin Mims. You have Greg Dulcich. You have Javante Williams in the backfield. But most importantly, and I already mentioned it, you bring in Sean Payton. This team could do a complete 180, especially offensively. You have the weapons. You have the quarterback that ha- that has done it. He's been there. He's done this. You return him to that peak, you know, like 20, I want to say 2017 to about 2020, Russell Wilson, where he's throwing it 500 plus, where he is getting easily 4K, and he's got 30 plus touchdowns. With these weapons, and that offense, there's no reason he can't return to this. He doesn't even need to be as efficient as he was, you know, pre 
you know, that kind of that late stage Seattle where he was throwing it a bunch. Whereas, you know, earlier in his career, he didn't he didn't throw it a ton, but he was super, super efficient. He can be somewhere in the middle when the volume's going to be there. Uh, he, it's going to be there. You were going to see a huge bounce back from Denver as a whole. And I think Russell Wilson very much so can put in a wide receiver, a wide receiver, a quarterback one season. Uh, I don't think he's going to be, you know, that top half quarterback one. But with the weapons and with his history of scoring fantasy points, he very much can be a quarterback one. Yeah, and it's hard to put overemphasis on the the head coaching upgrade, but Sean Payton is firmly a huge coaching upgrade for Russell Wilson over what they had last year. Um, I think that one worry for Russell at this point in his career, I don't think he can overcome wide receiver injuries. Uh, Jerry Judy's out for the first few weeks. And if he loses Cortland Sutton, there's like there's Marvin Mims and there's nothing. All else. you need, Nathan, is some Marvin Mims in your life. <laughs> that's it. That's all you need. <laughs> if that's all you need, then great. Um, but that would be my worry. You know, you have a not 100% Javante Williams. You have an injured uh, Jerry Judy right now. I think Russell Wilson is good enough to be a, a low end QB one, high end QB two in fantasy. I don't think he has the ability to do that absent of weapons so uh need some some huge marvin mims weeks in the first few weeks and i am a believer in the russell wilson bounce back i love it all right two more divisions left afc north we have your best friend um irv smith breakout lamar passing game resurgence with rashad bateman zay flowers and odell beckham Kenny Pickett, franchise quarterback, or Deshaun Watson, bounce back. So now why would you put three quarterback options on here when we've talked about quarterbacks the entire show? Because you knew what I was going to pick. Let's <laughs> let's work backwards. Uh, Deshaun Watson, yes, bounce back. I think Cleveland is actually quite good. I I, I like that offense. Um, I think the, a- we, the problem is the AFC is so good. Like the, I, kn- I the- know, but they're going to be trailing a lot, so he's going to have to be throwing, and the offense is going to have to be scoring points. So I I, I think I think the the Watson resurgence is going to be out of necessity rather than just him finding what he was. I, I think they just don't have a choice. He he'll be fine. Um, I don't, I, I don't think we're ever seeing Houston Deshaun ever again. I think that guy is long gone, but I, I think that we can see some, you know, hybrid of, of him and looking fine. Kenny Pickett, not good, not franchise QB, not long-term solution. Uh, the weapons are nice, so that may mask what Pickett provides, which is not much. And I think we look at a new Steelers quarterback, not not next year, but probably the year after when they finally realize that they're going to waste this defense again on a bad quarterback. Lamar, uh, I would love to see that, that team re- return to what was, uh, but I never know. They have the wide receiver room to do it. They have Mark Andrews and you've got all of the weapons you could possibly need to to bounce back. So I would like to think that Lamar will bounce back. Irv Smith. Tight end sucks. We all hate tight ends. But I love Irv Smith. I, I think you go into a situation like this, yes, they still have the, the big three wide receivers. You still have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. However, I think Irv brings an element to that offense that, that they haven't really had the, that big move guy. Like, yeah, T is kind of that. But off of the line, when you can, when you have that tight end and you can split him out because he plays so much like a wide receiver, but you can also put him in line and and have him blow somebody up at the beginning of his route. I think Irv brings 
a big element of of kind of like a big Tyler Boyd. So when you put T and and Jamar Chase on the outside and you have Boyd in the slot and either Irv in line or you know split out on a three wide receiver set, whatever it happens to be, I think that makes this team even more dangerous than they already were with the with the second best wide receiver in the NFL and another top ten wide receiver in the NFL and T Higgins with arguably the best slot receiver outside of Cooper Cup. This team, this offense with Joe Burrow, ha- we have a chance to see. A two wide receiver one, a wide receiver four, and a tight end one, all in one offense. And when that happens, we give that man his crown. We give Joey B the crown, and we let him ride off into the sunset with it. Because if Mahomes had these weapons, we'd be talking about the exact same thing. If Josh Allen had these weapons, we'd be talking about the exact same thing. It's Joe Burrow. He can do it. They'll have the volume to do it because of the AFC and it being an absolute mess and impossible, they're going to be playing a lot of offense. Joe Burrow with more attempts is a beautiful thing. So give me all the Herb Smith. He's going to, I'm going to, I should say this for bold predictions, but I'm not. (laughs) Herb Smith will finish as a tight end one in scoring, not overall top 12, uh, you know, that would be now that would be a bold prediction. Herb <laughs> Smith tight end one overall. He's just he, he can't he can't surpass. The problem is you have two boulders in your way. You have Travis Kelsey, obviously. Yes, that, that, yes, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. That is what's stopping Irv Smith from being the tight end one. No, it's not Mark Andrews. It's T.J. Hawkinson. Oh, there we go. A little sneak peek for next week. Um, yeah, no, I, I my worry with with Irv from a fantasy perspective is more so just that Chase and Higgins are going to, you know, swallow all of the volume there. But he's going to be fine. Like, I, Irv Smith's a guy who I've drafted in best ball. He's going to have a few, you know, four catch for 40 yards in a touchdown weeks. And it's going to be good. So um, let's go to the AFC South, wrap up the show. We have ETN Bigsby split. Is it even a split? QB whack-a-mole with the Titans. Will mediocre Texans wide receivers hurt Stroud's rookie year? And then I think probably where we're going, the Jonathan Taylor story. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to avoid Jonathan Taylor in this situation. Um, I mean, very clearly the 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 storyline in in the AFC South. Um, it, it'd be fun to talk about some of the other stuff, but when you have your arguable RB one in limbo, missing the first four weeks, not because of injury, but because of you know wanting to be traded, that that's a tough spot. So uh, is Taylor a Colt for the long term? I, I don't think so. I also think he's going to struggle to find some a, a team not only willing to pay what his price tag would be, but also willing to pay him the contract he's going after. The Colts aren't. Ursay's not going to fold. He, he's not getting the number that he's asking for, um, which it sucks. I, I, I hate it for the running back, you know, the running backs in the NFL right now. Everybody's kind of getting the shaft uh, outside of maybe one or two. And if anybody deserves it, it's it's probably him. I mean, he's next in line after, you know, McCaffrey. Derrick Henry got his monster contract. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's probably due next because most of the other guys all got their their pay. So I think without Jonathan Taylor, that Colts offense is going to be really, really rough with a rookie quarterback. 
um, having having that kind of fail safe in Jonathan Taylor is is such a luxury for young quarterbacks that it almost might be worth it for Ursay to just give Taylor something short term and and pay him a bunch in the short term just to help Anthony Richardson. I, I think that would be very beneficial to him and beneficial to the team. Will they win right now? No way. The AFC is too too competitive and they don't they're not established enough. Uh, and I don't, I don't even think they can, they can sniff coming out of the AFC South. The Jags have that on lock. Uh, I, I think the Texans could be better than we're giving them maybe credit for. And I think the Titans are still a better team, even though they're very bad. The Colts are just awful. Uh, offensively, they could be good if Jonathan Taylor sticks. But long term, uh, I think we see Jonathan Taylor in a different uniform. Cross my fingers for Miami because holy hell. But again, now you have to pay everybody in Miami and where are you going to find the money for Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I I think that in terms of people who are drafting and I am drafting Jonathan Taylor in redraft, if you can get him at this point in the sixth, seventh round, I think it's worth a gamble. Um, <clears throat> so with Jonathan Taylor, I think you have to work, <clears throat> work on the assumption that he's going to be playing maybe week eight, week nine. So, you know, miss the first six or seven games of the season. Um, with uh, whether it be because of health or contract or both, um, I am working on the exception. Like, and I, I know plenty of teams have said like, "Oh, this is the deadline for this contract. This is the deadline for this trade," and then they've like gone back back on that. But I think more often than not, it doesn't it doesn't get gone back on. So if they said, "Okay, the the, the deadline's October twenty eighth or August twenty eighth, and it's passed," like they're probably not going to trade him. Um, and if nothing else, like, and I, I know that. Uh, Jim Irsay actually came out and said, I don't think that missing Jonathan Taylor is going to hurt the development of, of Anthony Richardson. I I don't think it's going to hurt lacking him, but I do think having him in the offense, like, it's going to be good. Absolutely. It helps. It, 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 it may, may not, in fact, hurt, but it only helps when you have an elite running back for a young quarterback to rely on. Uh, that That's I mean, that's everything for a young quarterback. I mean, obviously him being a quarterback is is everything. But when you have that player, when you have that surrounding, they, they've, they've done an OK job of getting some weapons in there, but they need more. Uh, and not having Jonathan Taylor is, you know, that that's going to be a tough look. I, I still have faith in Anthony Richardson that he can be he can be an NFL quarterback, but um, that, you know, I guess, I guess we'll we'll see there. Is there another destination outside of? Miami that makes a ton of sense obviously we we'd love to put him in KC but where are they going to find the money for that so and I know New England has constantly been you know doing the running back thing I, I think they're probably settled as is now but I mean does Minnesota make the call how do you you, you let Dalvin walk and then you try to pay Taylor that doesn't make a lot of sense I I can't really think of anything that makes a lot of sense outside of Miami yeah, I mean, there's going to be injuries, and that's kind of what Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt are looking at. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I mean, we're recording this on August 31st. I wouldn't be surprised if by week one, Fournette or Hunt is on the Colts roster. Um, and if they're not, it's purely because the Colts aren't necessarily interested in winning this year. And so Kareem Hunt's, and not that Kareem Hunt is seems like a ring chaser type, but he's like, okay, like, what am I signing on here to, you know, win three games like he's signing literally just for money at that point which he might end up doing um 
but that I think that the fact that the Colts are not competing in 2023 is the only reason that we don't have uh, a Hunter Fournette already on the roster. Well, and then the stories from the Hunt camp were that he hasn't signed yet because he hasn't gotten enough money. He hasn't gotten a big enough offer. Alrighty, any last words on our NFL division by division roundup? No, it's that's a that's a fun way to do that, and and I'm looking forward to bold prediction bold predictions for next week, so we can melt everyone's faces clean off of their faces. Alrighty, that's true. I'm pretty sure I I, I should have notated it. I think that my bold predictions like Super Bowl matchup is terrible like every year every year at least <laughs> at least one of the two teams i predict is in the super bowl doesn't make the playoffs so uh can't wait for that to be this year well last year i said bill's vikings so that went well oh well you know divisional round <laughs> all righty that's wraps up for this week we'll talk to you guys next week Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.